Hello and welcome to the Organic Gardening Podcast. My name is Sarah Brown and this episode is a little add-on to our usual monthly podcast. If you remember, in our last episode we heard Chris chatting with Debs Goodenough, former head gardener to the Prince of Wales. Debs is a lifelong organic grower and has had many years working in formal public and royal gardens. It was therefore particularly special that she took Chris round her own private garden on the Isle of Wight. It's a delight to hear two seasoned gardeners chat and sharing their wisdom with us. Every time I've listened to this conversation, I've learned something new from them. I should perhaps mention that Debs and Chris met back last autumn, in case you're wondering why at one point she mentions preparing for winter. And as always with outside recordings, that pesky wind seems to want to be part of the conversation. But before we dive straight in, I just want to thank our sponsors, Viridian Nutrition. Viridian produce a range of award-winning ethical and organic supplements, which include vitamins, minerals, herbal oils and balms. I love the way they call themselves the vitamin company with an organic heart. Their supplements are stocked in over a thousand specialist health stores across the UK. So to find out more, visit viridiannutrition.com. That's viridian with a V hyphen nutrition.com. So come with me now to join Chris and Debs in the garden. We're here on the Isle of Wight, but we've got a north-facing garden. Right. So it it does have its limitation. When we were looking at the property, we couldn't afford it uh, because it was outside our price bracket. But the price dropped because it was being overlooked by a whole series of new built houses behind it. And so the price dropped to where we could just about afford it. Yeah. And we came in and planted trees. And so you can see our trees. Are they hornbeams, are they? Oh, wow. These are, um, well, I'm just going to walk through this, uh, two lovely olive trees. <laughs> just to, yeah, which are very beautiful there. And then, so you've pleached them, haven't you? We started off by just planting them as, uh, standards and we let them grow. And that was silly, Chris, because <laughs> they, basically grew the, i mean the isle of Wight is a lovely growing area and they just put up sort of uh, they got up to be about 40 feet high. and because you can see that we actually have them nicely shaped now so that's an incredible bit of pruning yeah here. so we we took one side off one year and we cut it right almost back to the sort of uh main trunk and then we took the other side off uh, the following year and then the third year, we took the tops out. Top and that's made a really substantial stilt hedge, I would call it. But what the, what it has done, because we let them grow up as trees, they put on really substantial trunks. Yeah, they've got thick girths on them, haven't they? And they really have. It's really worked very, very well. And also, you're not facing that superb way of just cutting the wind speed down in the it garden. Has, it has. What's nice is that uh, you can't see the houses behind us. They have lovely autumn colour. They keep their leaves virtually. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big, big hornbeam fan. I love hornbeams, yeah. yeah. And then we've underplanted with box and you. And so uh, it, it's quite a sort of uh, a little bit of formality. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's wonderful because if you, if you notice, we've got bird boxes. But we've also got squirrel boxes. Here we encourage Ah, right. Well, you know what? That's very rare. You'll hear a gardener say that. So so do you think by encouraging the squirrels you take in, they're not feeding on other things? Are they causing this damage or...? Well, no. It's red squirrels here on the island. Of course. Wow, wow. We didn't have red squirrels when we first came, but there were only six trees in the garden when we first bought the property. And I... You know, we've got to have 30, 40 now. It's given them the protection to actually come in. 
And so they run around along the hedge now and come all the way into the courtyard. Wow. So they've, you've created a habitat and you've also created somewhere where they feel safe That's and right. they're, and, uh, yeah, and they obviously get a bit of grub into the bargain yeah. too. Yeah. And we planted hazel because they love the hazel, so we've got right. that along the stream side. And will they, will they come for the hazel nuts and stuff? Is that, is that what they? Yeah, yeah. 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 So they'll they'll do that, and then we feed them peanuts. They love that. So I'm looking at potage <laughs> bench. Well, this is your nerve centre in a way. Seedlings everywhere. So what goes on here? What, what's... It's just such a nice space to be in, and I, I stick my earplugs in, listen to the you know, organic gardening. Podcast. <laughs> it. You'll be our favourite guest yeah. now. You said that. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just a case of I can just escape and uh, also also the thing is uh, figured out how are we going to put a um, set of cold frames here so we've actually got a, an upright set of cold frames that we had just built into where our oil tank used to be they're very beautiful are they aren't they oh, I like what it, it does does take me back home because uh, they're cedar and it's just a case of like just tuck everything in here so you've got you put some coleus to bed here some begonias so they're going to overwinter in there well, was that... they're, they're staying here it's a halfway house until I have to actually bring them in the house. <laughs> uh, but it's all the sort of cuttings that I've done I'm just looking at that so you've got um, rosemary cuttings here yeah oh that's uh, a special rosemary is it tell yeah. me about that special rosemary uh, that's one that uh, was growing at Venter um, Botanic Gardens and it was raised by Sir Harold Hillier and it's one that's called um, Sheila Dor. Uh-huh. And it was named after the uh, superintendent's wife uh, at Ventnor, and it's the most wonderful blue, and it's been sort of lost in cultivation, so I need to get that That's one quite special. Is that a little hill cutting, is it, or something? Or uh, little... Yes, and uh, I've got something that I'm going to show you on propagation, which um, <laughs> my, uh, my husband, Simon, ran the temperate nurseries at Kew, yes. and he always talked about dew points. Do you, have you ever seen a dew point, Ken? No, no, yeah, go on, then tell me about that. <laughs> really quite expensive to buy brand new, and, and I said, well, I wonder if they ever be on eBay. And I looked, I said, uh, we got it for a sort of half price and uh, and it's just the most amazing bit of kit which I will show you because you can tuck it away in your garage it uh, it has it's all set up so this is a it's all it's just like a mist unit basically no, is it no, no is it different no, from a mist no. unit uh, it basically has a set of lights it has a water bath like an aquarium so there's like a reservoir in a it. reservoir of water and then it's just a closed case so almost like a cold frame same structure as a cold frame with a reservoir, a heated base, I take it. That's right. Yep. And it t- uses low energy. It's tucked away in the cold garage, and they, you're not supposed to put it in a greenhouse. But the nice thing is I can just close it up, fill it up with cuttings. Uh, seed is, you, you can use it for seed as seed raised yeah. well, but cuttings work really, really well. And it's just a nice, humid environment. Wow. And just, I've put roots on things I've never put roots on. <laughs> really? Yeah. And the thing is I can walk away for it from two to three weeks. And because of the reservoir, it's keeping the up. reservoir of water, and it just keeps everything humid. Brilliant, brilliant. That's a really nice, nifty piece of kit. So I suppose the, the thing with it is, it's hot bottoms, cool tops, is what you're after with cuttings. Is that? Well, that's and, it, and it's not dripping with moisture. They're right. just in a humid environment. Because if they get if they get too warm on the top, they tend not to produce the roots, don't they? You end up with a so they actually put on growth. In them. You think you've got a cutting, and then you dig it up and. No, that's right. And the, the other one that I've used is I've uh, started using orchid pots. Yeah. Because you can actually see the roots. Right. So it's like a see-through then. You can, yeah, translate. Yeah. And, and they work really well because they've got lots of variation at the butt base. Yeah. And they work really well for a sort of... Uh, that's a good tip. That is a very good tip. Uh, the only problem is, is that, Chris, I have an addiction to propagate plants. And, uh, uh, you know, all my friends that come around, they go, oh, no, what is she going to give us today? And uh, that's fine. I'm sure they're loving it for you. Yeah. I'm sure they will, yeah. So I'm, I'm just looking here, yeah, I'll just describe quickly because I've got, there's loads of seed trays, cell trays. You really are on the march with the propagation, aren't you? And this is stuff growing on behind us here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I either have... Um, 
plants that are sort of earmarked for my two our two sons have got uh, gardens that are just in development uh, we take care of the community sort of some community space right so i've got things that i'm growing on for there uh, and they've often sort of said is there something you know you can do for this area and we go just leave it with us. And yeah. So uh, we make sure we tidy it up, and then we're planting things up. And you know, cost is nothing in that. <laughs> you, no, you're like the practical, and practical application. I mean, someone said, "Oh, you should sell plants," and I'm thinking, "No, I want to give plants." Away. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Want to give, you know, and then uh, you know, you know what that's like, uh, Chris. It's- oh, it's very satisfying to to you know, especially when you're dealing with if you're doing the woody stuff, the shrubs, the trees, because you know that's going to be there for a long time in many Absolutely. ways. It's yeah. um, it's not transitionary in any way. Yeah. It's it's quite it's quite a to it, isn't there? And uh, there's a lot of plants that have been given to me, and so you propagate them, and they've got that sort of sentimentality from the person that's given them to you, and and then you can move them on, and you know that they're going to survive and last, and you, yeah, brilliant, be out, be out there. But, Another little tip is that uh, you know we often always. Uh, boil too much in the kettle so i make myself a cup of tea and if there's a little bit left over i come and pour it on the sort of patio where i don't want wheat <laughs> and so i'm sort of uh, uh using hot water right to, to not weeding. you don't need to go out and buy chemicals when you can just use what's left in the kettle basically oh, that's right and, it, and it actually for the most part you can it's beautiful it. yeah it's a very very rustic looking patio weed free as far as i can see <laughs> very it suits the building beautifully yeah. This is my little veg. Pack. I was going to say, there's, I see the edibles here. We've got some yeah. asparagus. That looks pretty healthy. Oh, doing all right there. Uh, lots of different beans. I, 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 I grow a variety of different beans. Uh, celeriac from uh, the HSL. Uh, from, our, from our Heritage yeah. Seed Library. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. And again, uh, John's Purple Carrot. It's one of those ones where... Yeah, I, I grow John purple carrot. It's a good, good. Uh, nice. Yeah, I, I actually lifted some yesterday, believe yeah, it or not. Yeah, so that, that was the carrot cake that we had. A bit was earlier. it really? Yeah, brilliant. Um, and so it's, you know, it's at the point where I need to sort of sort of tidy it up for the winter and things like that. And it's not a very big area. So we have the problem about ornamental versus productive. And I'm uh-huh. more productive and Simon, my husband's more ornamental. He'd have just cut flower and, and so I have But to I bet of, he'd miss the fresh beetroot. Oh, he and he's <laughs> yeah, a really good cook so that's where yeah. we sort of uh, uh, get to a compromise. And, Brilliant. You know, and the other thing is I use my veg area yeah, and there's yeah. very little open ground because I just fill it or I grow things on yeah. and so I move things about and it, it's a, a little bit higgledy-piggledy because I, if there's a gap I fill it with something. You know, and, yeah. and it may not be a crop it might be just a plant but no, I, I like that that kind of potage effect isn't it that kind of mixed site again it works lots of fruit trees uh we've got uh, plums and gauges and uh i think we've got uh, 10 different apples yeah. this is a very you've got a, you like the fruit there's a lot of lovely fruit here yeah yeah and uh, i've got some really nice uh you know basically growing up uh, as i did uh you know just making things with it you know jams um i don't like chutneys i'm not a big chutney fan but it's a case of lots of preserves i'm making lots of cordials lovely um, so mixed cordials you know we, our mulberry and our uh, blackberries are doing really well uh but i'm also learning and this is the thing that uh you know as i'm getting older learning to edit the garden so it's a bit easier to manage right and also thinking well one red currant i had two and i've decided well i don't need that i can use that space for something else you know starting to edit out what i don't need and also to make sure i've got enough light in the garden because we planted so many trees yeah that we were starting to get too shaded 
Yeah, so sure. it's a case of, uh, I think you can see our plums. Uh, we uh, have taken on... You've over. taken the crowns back. Oh, and and you, see, you need to be a little bit brutal sometimes, oh, I suppose. And, and you've got to make sure you get the timing right. So it was a case of before the end of September, I've got all my plums and gauges uh, pruned down hard. And you can say, well, they seep, well, they cause problems if you prune them too late in the season. Well, you know, with sil- silver leaf eyes. Yeah. And mm. I think uh, you, as gardeners, someone was saying, oh, you know, you know how to do everything. Well, no, we've made the mistake. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've killed a, a, a plum by... Uh, pruning at the wrong time. And, you know, silver leaf is not a. It might look pretty, but only for a very for a little while. I think I love the expression, uh, garden expression. Wisdom is born from error. And you know, I think we've all got a, a catalogue of errors that we've done. <laughs> There's a lovely set of espaliers that had been started here, and and it's a wonderful sort of framework framework for. Uh, that sort of terrace that we've got there. It's beautiful. They're beautiful plants. Yeah. Very, very big. Actually, I mean, they're a few years old, aren't they? They've got to be probably 30 years old. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So those those two trees were here, and uh, they just needed to be sort of um, uh, given a bit of TLC. Yes. Yeah. So they've been, re- re- been restored yeah. and yeah. brought back to health. Is there any tips you'd give for that? Do you mulch them regularly, or do you do, do any feeding? Well, they get uh, the regular mulching, uh, but it's also here that uh, I need to spur prune them more often. Because right. sometimes, you know, we, we want to encourage more and more and actually they're fruiting too well and the, and the fruit's getting too small so I actually need to reduce the spurs on them and uh, keep them sort of more in check because they're they're very happy where they are and, and uh, uh, we've got a lot of natural sort of spring lines through us so they get good moisture here yeah. and so they're growing extremely well because look, I summer prune these and look how much expensive. So lovely. I mean, there's, that's a good what foot and a half, isn't it? At yeah, least, you know, half a meter. And so you, so basically, you're not just spurring them late winter. You're spurring them again in the summer as well. That's right. And it's a case of you know they are very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got your leaf mould in there. Oh, what we do is uh, all the hedging that we had. We just throw it on the lawn yeah. and we chop it up with the mower. Right, and that goes in that. So I imagine that breaks down. That's a mixture of leaf and clippings. That must right. break down quite quickly. It, it does break down reasonably well, but I'm kind of too sort of impatient. Yeah. So once I've got the veg area clear, uh, usually around about January, I throw it on there and um, it will break down uh, the, the final amount right. over the season and it keeps that sort of ground warm so that when I'm actually sowing into it... You've already got warm soil. I've got warm uh, soil. Very so clever. Uh, and I often turn these once and, and make sure they've got lids on them where I can. You know, look yeah, at the worms that's lovely. On that. that's, that's absolutely full of worms, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> that's, that's just crazy. And that's, I've, I mean, that's a look beautiful. That. Well, I'm scared to put the lid on because they're all in the lid. I'll, I'll leave that open. Oh, look at them in the lid. They're everywhere. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's a healthy compost bin. And it, I, I love the smell of that. Is, um, is a very nice, yeah. you know, it's healthy when you can get that, that smell from it. Uh, when we replaced our carpets just recently, I, I, you know, I made sure I recycled as much of the carpet as I can and made this yeah. from my compost area. So you've got, so you've got your big tub and then you've got your, your, your leaf, leaf and cuttings and then you've got that cut out yeah. carpet keeping it sealed in basically. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, if it's been dry, I just take the lids off so that they get rain on Yes. Them. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is where we have a badger that comes through here, and I kept finding that the the carpet kept getting thrown back. And I was thinking, what's doing that? There are big rats around here, and then I realised it's the, <laughs> the badger. badger was having it. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's a case of that's how it is. Do you, do you remember at Kew because they, they they gnaw at the edges of the paths, don't they? To get the beetle larvae and stuff, and you and know. they because so, you are creating a little habitat for them, aren't you? And they, well, uh, I can show you the uh, badger latrines we have that, uh, that they're very neat about everything. <laughs> oh, they, this is very beautiful. I mean, you've obviously got. I mean, there's got some lovely hydrangeas and yeah. philadelphus here and, and high, so you're obviously quite keen on your shrubs very keen on my shrubs and yeah 
there's some lovely people in the Woody Plant Committee and I've had such wonderful advice from them and, you know, how, how to grow hydrangeas. And um, um, Morris Foster, who is a wonderful hydrangea grower, you know, I was saying, well, how do you choose which ones? He said, well, you choose hydrangeas for the size that you want them to be. Uh-huh. And then you don't have to do so much pruning. So if you want a space to fill that's three three foot high, you choose you hit them back to that no no you choose a hydrangea that only grows to three it makes so much sense and if you want something that's big you you get a big hydrangea and then you don't have to prune them so often so if you just do that little bit of research then you find that you've got a more manageable garden basically absolutely yeah, yeah. and, it, and it's, it's it's all this we, we all sort of sort of jump in and just get oh that looks nice I'll get that but <laughs> yeah. we really do need to I, I just think yeah a little bit of little bit of homework which doesn't take that long or, or to seek a bit of advice is, is always quite quite a good thing to do now, uh, lovely. Look at this. Do you this recognise a, that? This looks like a bay of some sort, it's is it? Weird. Wow, that's that's got a very thin, lanceolate leaf, and it's a bay, is it? A laurel? It is. Wow, it's I've never seen that before. It's, it's one that uh, angustifolia, and it's just such a wonderful one. It's it's great, and it clips really nicely. But it's one of those ones that people go, that think that's a bay. Uh, it's incredible. I've never, I've never seen anything like it. So it's a really uh, heavily cloaked tree as well, isn't it? It's a it lovely thick crown on oh, it. Oh, it's really nice. It's the, the amount of bird cover that we have in the garden, which is just fabulous. Uh, and that's that's one thing that uh, I don't know my birds that well. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to learn. And his Royal Highness was... Oh, He's so a bit of an expert on it. Yeah. But just to give the cover, and that that was the thing that he always wanted lots of planting around the house so that there was more that's why he's got he's got a lot of climbers on the building yeah. I mean, he's very he's quite cloaked that building and that well, garden's not a garden without the song of a bird is it it just doesn't so you give them as much cover as possible. I must admit, I like the way it's it, the magnolia, the two contrasts, the two foliage. Mm. It's very what's nice. Nice is with, with we've planted a lot. All the hedges we have put in. And there's, there's a touch of high grove here, isn't there, with the with the undulating topiary. Really? <laughs> yeah, I can see an influence there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, actually, uh, it's quite. It gets to be a little bit of addictive, you know, clipping things. And I try yeah. not to do. It's very much. therapeutic, isn't it? It is. It it's is. very, very puts your mind at peace yeah. totally. Yeah. And that's a, this is a yew hedge, and you and you and it's uh, undulating. It's very nicely shaped. Yeah, but and, uh, we also have. <laughs> you've got mal- you've got malice apple trees coming through the yew hedge, which is makes which are all in fruit at the moment, and that's very beautiful. Makes it really difficult to <laughs> get the head. There's no, you can't go mad round it. You have to be, you know, it's a sacketeer's job, or at least some sheep shears, I expect. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of those ones that, uh, you know, in time we probably will take out one or two of the apples and just yeah. go. You know, we've got to got to be realistic about how much we can do. Very beautiful. Look at this. And this, oh yeah, you're going for it here. This has got a bit more exotic down here. <laughs> well, when we bought the property, we thought that there was a stream beside it because it's called Sheepwash Cottage. Yeah. And it goes down to an actual sheep wash, which was actively being used uh, back in 1955. Because ah. our neighbour across the road said, oh yes, as a school kid, we used to come and watch them dip the sheep. So we had a digger on site and we just had, we dug out the stream. It's just, just stunning. And yeah. it re- I mean, that has got a real feel of a botanic oh. garden to me. Well. <laughs> it really has. Has, you know, just like a lot of large shrubs, good fern. Is that a mosmunder or something here? It is. It's beautiful fern. Well, colours really nicely. And then the brook, which means you can do your hostas and whatnot all along. Wow, aroids, beautiful. So, uh, only about half of this area is ours, but um, uh, we got a grant to for the community to plant the other side, and so. We stood in a few sort of corners and shrubs along there, and the community really liked that. And so we've really taken over that and gardened. And this is a, a, a 
this bit of gardens for the whole village, basically. Is, yeah, brilliant is. work. I suppose you'll get in there and prune it, but it just looks after itself quite well. Well, that's what we try and do, so that there is a, you know, there is a fair bit of input, but it's really nice to be in the stream. Well, it's, a, it's a soak away, isn't it? Because it's obviously on a lower ground here, so it's just draining that, that water down, yeah. And what's nice is that the soil on either side, you can see it must have been, ha- it's been happening for centuries. There's beautiful soil on either side to plant into. Yeah. The plants, when you put something in there, they, they, it grows like mad. Oh, and that's stunning, it really... Uh, I'm going to say it again, got that feel of a botanic garden without a doubt. We do have people, because we're on a a lovely walking route here, and uh, people keep saying, oh, we come by and see what's going on, and it's nice to see it year on year. Uh, What I'd like to think is that people come and uh, also have... uh, a little bit of uh, horticultural sort of uh, thought. And they sort of yeah. go, oh, I like that or I do that. So you're giving them ideas then, is what you're, yeah, you're trying to inspire them, yeah, or you are inspiring them. And the thing about it is it's, it's not absolutely pristine and I, I you don't look at your park's background because we need to do the edges and we do do <laughs> a, a really good sort of tidy up at uh, certain times of year, but it's also the aspect of just letting things go a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Soft edges. Well, it's, it's, it's got that, it's a woodland garden feel, isn't it, mm. Axel, which is really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it looks full of primrose. Roses, so that must be looking pretty spectacular it in the looks spring. Stunning in the spring. It's yeah. relentless. Yeah, which, yeah. Uh, you know, I I did a bit of design work when mm. I first started in horticulture, and it's that aspect of when you're down on the the very on the roadside, you look up the stream, and you it draws the eye up because it's a repetitive pink yeah. all the way up. Stunning. Uh, Calthopolustris, the yeah. king cup, all the way up. I know they got stilbies in there as well. Yeah. Hellebore, I mean, little dogwood here, which is a beautiful yeah. red autumn colour, and then the red winter stems. It does it does sort of give um, season round interest, and that's that's what we try to create. And uh, we've thrown a few apple trees along the edge, yeah. so that uh, on the green side there is fruit for people to pick. So as people well. just come along and help themselves. Yeah. Another compost heap. Here we go. So this is what you're saying about having satellites of compost um, production around the garden, which makes absolute sense. Now, look. That's fresh. And then you've got this beautiful loam here. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? It's that lovely chocolatey sort of crumbly. And that's only a year. And you can see that you've just got some in your hand and you pull it. You can see it. Sticky brown soil. Yeah. 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 So So that's actually going to your propagation as well. That's right. Yeah. So we're going through a gap in the hedge. And, oh, wow. Oh, look at that. And this is your cold, long-term compost. This is a long-term. This is going to be sort of five to seven years. And we've been probably composting here for that period of time. And you can see it's got everything that uh, we don't want to have in the garden. So it's where my uh, celandine comes. Yes. uh, Bindweed. Yeah. Mare's tails. Uh, anything that you think, oh, that's not really good, or a little bit of the woody stuff, but it's exactly. Uh, I mean, this is on the parish ground. So it's not in anyone's way, and it's going to serve a real purpose, isn't it? So as it's, you... a, it's a huge habitat pile. Yeah, massive, yeah. Absolutely huge. And then at some point, we can actually start digging into it. Yeah, uh, uh, okay. This is a long term, but it's probably two. This is broken up, isn't it? Yeah. This is this has been chopped up more finely, and, and right. it's going to uh, d- decompose quicker, yeah? That's right, and where we're standing, we dug out. And a lot of the compost that came out came out of here uh, has gone back into the garden along the stream side. You can feel how soft it is. Yeah. What we'll do is we'll turn this uh, once, probably sometime next year. Right. And that will give us, uh, it will sort of have that, that opportunity to sort of break down a bit more. Yeah, perfect. Uh, but the other thing that I always use is in between the veg bed, I, I put my grass clippings, I put some, you know, some of my compost directly just onto the ground. So you're just using it as a mulch as you go as well, yeah, yeah. That works really well, like grass clippings can, you know, 
for, for our lawns, you know, they're not all grass. It's got clover, it's got all sorts. But it really does make a nice clean path yeah. in between your veg. That was something my mum always used to do. Right. And it worked really well. And then at the end of the year, it's just sort of, it, it goes back into the, yeah. the ground. Direct mulching then, really. Yeah, mulching. yeah. Really, really good. You know, I've got so many people say, well, what are, what are you creating on this tofree piece? And I kind of go, well... I think it's just Deb's whimsy. Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah. It's it's sort of, well, I decide it, it's going to be that day. I'll start flipping and I'll go. Yeah, yeah. It's looking it. very, very, uh, um, it looks regal. Let's, let's, let's well, call it that. Yeah, I, yeah. I laugh because it, it, it was in a nursery and it was almost a dead stick. So you've, so you've rescued it as well. I did. And uh, don't we all do that? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I said, well, how much for this one? They said, just take it away, please. <laughs> Uh, you know, the family always just said, oh, mum, what are you going to do? That That's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a, I mean, there's an art form in its yeah. own right, isn't it? I can only go that high because that's as far as... <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be on the ladder again. Simon uh, trained as a groundsman. Yeah. He he suffers by not having enough lawn. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a case of uh, it's full of herbaceous material and bulbs. So that's very cottagey, isn't it, that area? Yeah. That's, a, that's a good way to describe it. Is Yeah, bulbs and lots of, again, geraniums, herbaceous geraniums, that kind of stuff. Uh, Mombrichas, is it? Things like this. So very quite, oh, and it's very loose and I'm yeah. sure it's very beautiful in the middle of and, summer. And we're always editing it. So the uh, our geranium side of stamina have just become a bit of a thug. Yeah. So we're going to take out more of that. Uh, we love our peonies. The ferns have done so well, we've been moving them out. That's yeah. going to be a spot for another peony there. And it's a case of, uh, yeah, we just kind of come through. and Yeah, and play with it. Yeah, yeah. And what's interesting as well, from an organic point of view, is that I don't see much bare soil. You really fill it out, don't you? And, and that reduces maintenance. And... I have to say, you know, uh, again, Simon, who trained in, in parks and things like that, wants to be really neat and tidy. And it's a case of, I actually quite like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's become where we do leave the herbaceous material almost to the point where it's at a point where, okay, it is. Tidy. It has to go. Well, I, I would leave, always leave the heads on till late winter if yeah. I can, early spring. Because oh, you're protecting the root ball and also quite a lot of spiders and stuff will love to live oh, in it. Love yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and sort of the different light, looking at it at different yeah. times of the day. It, it, it looks really nice it, it is full and it's I like the smell of it I love yeah, the smell yeah, of it yeah, yeah. you know that sort of slight decay yes yes you can smell the earthiness of it I think it's all it reminds me you can feel the soil sucking everything back in almost yeah. can't you it's quite yes. a white, nice way to look at it that letting go you described yeah. earlier it's that you know yeah. Yeah. yeah and so now we try and just hold hold back and yeah. sit on our hands and a few things it's, it's so tempting as gardeners because we're, we're just so love out doing it you know it's a bit like yeah, I love to dig, and I've got now. I now I realise the soil does it by itself. I have to sort of sit on my hands and go, "Don't do it." Yeah, yeah. Because nature does so much of it for you. Uh, but it's 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 learning that where you, where you should and shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And thank you very much for the tour. It's absolutely amazing. Brilliant. What a wonderful garden and what a wonderful chat, may I say, as well. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our Organic Gardening Podcasts. Every month we have a new guest, plus helpful tips and advice on how to grow the organic way. And I really don't want you to miss our next episode. Chris and I will share with you how to prepare for the growing season ahead. And I get to learn all about birdsong. What could be better to herald spring just around the corner? So press the subscribe button now. Bye for now, and our thanks again to Viridian Nutrition for sponsoring this episode.